being such a large organization that caters to the interests of people and pedigree dogs across various interests from dog shows to dog sports, the FCI has what they call commissions, which are essentially committees of people that are dedicated or have a vested interest in those particular areas uh, of, of, of the canine world that the FCI also incorporates. And these people are, 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 for want of a better word, like guardians of this particular elements. And so they form what the FCI has as commissions that um, go into looking into all the aspects and areas of that particular area of interest in pedigree dogs, um, whether it's a sport or whether it's um, the building blocks of, of you know, of, of a particular breed. So the breed standards, um, the scientific commission, these are all commissions, what the FCI calls commissions, and they're formed by members who are all volunteers that put their time and effort into um, developing and being part of the groups that are the custodians of this particular area of interest. So in this series, I speak to many of the presidents or people from these various commissions that the FCI has. There are several commissions, and I hope to cover and be able to speak to as many of them as possible to, again, bring a better understanding of how the FCI works and how these people who are breeders and, and you know, trialers or, or exhibitors with interest in that particular area, how they are, are part of the FCI and form an integral and important um, committee within the FCI to help bring better uh, meaning and understanding to this area. So I hope through this series, you get a better understanding of how these commissions work and how they assist the FCI in being this global organization with a universal interest to people in all areas of pedigree dogs. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the FCI podcast series. Um, today, we have, uh, or I have the privilege of chatting with the president of the FCI Breed Standards Commission, Jorge Nalem, all the way from Uruguay. Hola, Jorge, how are you? Hola, how are you? I am very well. Good, thank you. Nice seeing nice you. Nice to see you. Yeah, likewise, even though it's on Zoom, but well, hey, we've got we to do what we've got to do. And, uh, so At that's least in Zoom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but Exactly. All right, I'm going to jump straight in, Jorge, so that we we can you know do as many of the questions that I've I have for you. Um, how long have you been the president of the FCI Breed Standards Commission? I I became president on 2015. Okay. And I've been a member of the Standard Commission since 1999. Wow. And and can you please tell us for the benefit of those within the FCI who are not so sure? and those outside the FCI, what is the Breed Standards Commission? It is a commission that is elected in a general assembly of the FCI. Okay. So everybody, every country uh, votes for the members. Okay. Uh, it's composed by six members. And as I told you, you should be presented by your country and then voted in the general assembly and the, the ones who take more votes that are proposed uh, stay into the commission and then uh, within the commission it's elected the president okay you stay in the commission for a term of four years okay and then each two years in in every general assembly you choose three of the members we are six Okay, so three on, three off sort of thing. Okay, yes. right. And, and what, 
And what do you guys do? What's the Breed Standards Commission? What is it about? What's the work? The Breed Standards Commission, it's all about the standards of the breeds uh, that we recognize in, uh, within the FCI. Okay. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know exact number now, but near 400 breeds recognized. Okay. And we work in four languages that are uh, the official languages of FCI. Right. So it's a lot of work to maintain all the bridge standards updated and updated in the four languages. So tell me something. I'm going to stop you there for a minute. So do you guys, does this commission come up with the breed standards? Do you create the breed standards for each breed of dog? No, no. Uh, each breed standards belong to the country of origin. Okay. And if it's a, a member of the FCI, it's a, they send a, the changes or whatever they want to do with their standard to the standard commission. Okay. And we treat it in our, uh, in our meeting and we give advices. We see if there is something wrong, we have to look the the aspect of the standard that fits on the model standard that the FCI to right. have homogenize all the standards and to see that there are not any mistake referred to to coincidence by genetics or whatever. Okay. Also, we advise the countries with uh, things that matters in in our world now, like uh, health and all that, okay, in good. conjunction with the scientific commission. Okay, we in normal times now know because of we all know that used to have our meetings once a year, usually in May. And we used one day for the standard commission, and also they used one day for scientific commission. And day after we had a meeting, a joint meeting between the both commission. Okay, so there are some. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, there are some matters that had nothing to do with the scientific commission, but many times we also ask for their advice in the scientific sense of of the wording or or things that maybe we don't know and we need their help. Okay, so when, when a country wants to make a change to its breed standard, because they are the owners of that breed, they're the ones, the country of development, so to speak, um, when they, these changes have to be approved by your, your commission or can they still go ahead without the approval from the Breed Standards Commission? These changes come to our commission so we treat them and maybe give them some advices or try to make it better okay. or then when we uh, end with it we send it back to the country of origin to see if they agree with what we say or what we change or whatever and then when they we have the the agreement of the country of origin is sent to the general committee to be approved okay have they so is it possible that the country of origin ignores your recommendations 
some yes and some no some some things they should be in some way because it's like i told you like a model standard so you have to respect the number of lines and you don't have to make it too poetic with names and dates and something boring it has to be something useful for the readers for the judges for the people that is interested in the group so you can do a standard with 18 pages for example you try to make so some things are like it has to be like this in every standard some things that goes for their election and their choose and you can uh, accept that they want it this way so you try to to leave it in that way and some things it's not possible because we have to take care with all that is happening in the world you have to be very clear in some uh, health uh, points and all that so you need them to understand these things had to be or had to change for example but never changing the basis of the breed it's a matter of spelling or form or things that are really important that they should understand that if they want to be part of fci they had to follow because if, if you've recommended something and the breed center commission recommends something and the country doesn't adopt it so when it goes to the general committee the general committee will be aware that the breed centers commission did not recommend that so ultimately they get to approve or, or, or you know um, whether a breed standard is then changed accordingly is, is that correct or yes that is correct uh, when we finish our uh, meeting we send the minutes to to the office and they send it to the general committee so they know what we had been doing and what we had thought and we make a draft of what changes will be needed it's more difficult when you have a new standard or completely changed standard that is a lot of more work and you have to be coming and going with the country of origin and it's more difficult when you're uh, doing a standard with a uh, to follow the country of origin when it's not a country of origin that is a member of the FCI. Okay. For example, for British standards or standards from UK, we receive every year a list of the changes okay. and we follow them we try to be very respectful with the country of origin because we think it's the only way to to do it right yes if you start following the ideas or or needs of countries that had nothing to do with the membership of the breed it's very difficult and it's not fair because maybe you live in a country where you need a small uh, setter to uh, hunt some kind of birds that you have in, but it's not the country of origin and you can't go changing the bridge standard to adapt to all the needs in all the countries of the world. Right. So who will you be listening? The one here, then. So it's much easier and much fairer 
to follow even it's not a member of the FCI. And it will be very important that the other countries do the same with our standards, the standards of the FCI. That it's not the case uh, in many standards, they do different things and it's not good. It's not good for the BRIC. It's not good for us because we want it or not, they follow a different standard in many ways. They don't have many times, for example, the disqualifications. So they accept some other things, but people within the FCI and that maybe importing dogs with these faults that they are a fault in our countries and they are not a fault in their countries. So it's not, the ideal will be that they also respect our standards as we do them. But so if, in the case of a country that's not a, a standard that comes from a country that's not an FCI member, if there was a concern with health and welfare, say, um, and the FCI felt strongly that for the sake of health and welfare, they need the FCI need to put certain things in. Does that happen where we change the standard because of those issues? And then um, it's so-called an FCI standard, although FCI is not the country or, you know, is it the, the member country is not from the FCI? Does, has that ever happened? We try to do it the less we can, but it had happened, of course. Uh, in many breeds that they had some words with tendency to some exaggerations. We try to avoid all the things. So maybe some words are changed. And we, uh, in this need, yes, but in the basis of the breed, it doesn't, we, we don't change things that will become a different breed. So in, in a sense, less flexibility to alter the breed standards for countries that are not members of the FCI, um, respecting to, to respect um, what, you know, they, that they have developed these breeds. But if it goes against anything that we feel um, does not follow along the lines of health and welfare or, or those sort of, you know, as you mentioned, exaggerations, then the FCI will alter the standard a bit. Yes, yes, especially and mostly in these cases, because we don't have a way to don't do that. Okay. We have become in a world where words are very important <laughs> to be a guide for the people and also to be seen by other people who maybe don't understand so well. But in some other things, it's difficult. For example, we had find that many, not many, but some breeds, standards of UK or AKC have things that maybe scientifically is not, I don't know if this is the good word, but it's not corresponding as it should. For example, in staffies from UK and American Staffordshire from, um, from US, they ask for a black nose, okay. which is perfect, but they allow blue dogs and no blue dog can have a black nose. Yes. So what do you do when you're judging? Or what do you do when you're breeding? And we tried to change it and we wrote and it was not uh, accepted. So we still have decided to 
go and do it ourselves because as i told you we also always try to to respect them but right. sometimes it's not so easy <laughs> well I, I guess easier in a way to rec make recommendations to countries that are fci members with regards to the standards because it's we have a little bit more ownership the fci has a little bit more ownership of the standards so to speak not always <laughs> not always there are many countries which are very easy and you can have a open dialogue and they understand very easy what they tell them and some countries who are very very difficult even they are fci because they only they don't do it the uh, the national organization it's done by the breed club okay and usually in many of these countries the breed clubs are very not open mind so it's not easy to okay. to have a, an open dialogue and try to make it better and they think who is these people who are trying to change our standard and we have been here 50 years and it has always been this and it's not that you're not trying to change the breed you respect all the history and but if you see that something could be better we would like to make it better but <clears throat> it's not always easy and how much feedback then when in deciding these things how much feedback do you guys get from breeders from um you know judges um or the breed clubs themselves in in, when in coming up with recommendations how much of consultation is there with these people not much uh, the feedback i get from breeders or judges is uh, not by being a member of the standard commission or being the president usually i get the feedback from them when i uh, working as a judge okay so they come to me and say you know there is a mistake in the spanish version of the for example we were taking exams uh, one day ago two days ago uh, and one of the students came and showed me and he was it was true there is a lot of mistakes <laughs> we try to 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 take it and make it better every time but there is always something imagine almost 400 standards many of them that hasn't been revised for a long time and in four languages it's not easy so it's very good to hear the people they all, all is the best because you have one million eyes to tell you where is wrong so and after i find something wrong or i i'm told by somebody about something wrong the work with fci office is usually very easy okay okay and and i guess then my, my next question is most of your members of your committee are all breeders and that therefore that, that's the interest in in them to to understand these breed standards better to in application to make it practical rather than you always as i told you depend on who is presented for the standard commission because it's maybe you have 
four or maybe you have 15 people presented. Okay. So they read the like the CV of each one in this, and some are known, some are, some are not very well known. Okay. Sometimes you have options, sometimes you don't have so many options, and you have to. But uh, at the moment, all all the members in my commission are breeders, except for one, okay. that is Claude Quintard from France, and he's more uh, scientific than breeder. And when he first entered, you know, you think maybe it won't be ideal because maybe he doesn't understand because there are different points of view. Maybe he was better for the scientific commission, but he has been wonderful, really wonderful. And he has understand perfect the the way of working and his hard worker. So I think I'm very happy with all the members that are at the moment, that are uh, the president of the DDH, right. uh, Peter uh, Rui Oliveira from Portugal, Ferdinando okay. uh, Schnagli from Italy, right. uh, Pedro from Romania, excellent, Lavintard from France and me. And we, right. I think, work very good together. We understand very, very good. And we know that is most important, the health of the dogs. But we are uh, very much defending the type of the breeds. We don't want a generic dog that is very healthy and right. run right. like crazy and has the same proportions of muscle and this is uh, good for some breeds okay but these other breeds that don't have what the many for example more scientific or welfare or whatever uh, and this breed had exists for hundreds and hundreds of years in a healthy way they live long lives and they can have a very good life. Uh, you have to be conscious and you have to think a lot of the welfare of your dogs. It's the main thing, yes. but uh, it can exist in the breeds as they have been for a long time. If you think and, and see pictures of these breeds that have been so punished and you see, for example, in heads, in proportions, in muscles, in, in skulls, uh, that they don't have changed that much. They have changed a lot more in structure, in body, in relations, in proportions, for better than for worse. <laughs> of course, you have people who like short, shorter and shorter and shorter, but this is not good and this is what we try to avoid and we try to the people to understand and that this kind of fashion is not fashion nice is bad and will conduct to maybe put in risk some breeds uh, but yes to keep the, the original type of the breed brilliant and and you you meant the, you mentioned the word fashion and I, and I want to just jump on that for a little bit um we see all sorts of 
fashions and designer dogs these days that are developed overnight and people are just breeding, you know, different breeds together. I know that the FCI, one of the jobs of the, your breed standard commission is actually in the recognition of new breeds. Um, can you tell us some of the importance that the FCI places with regards to recognition of new breeds, that it's not just, um, you know, what are the aspects that are considered? And then maybe the next part, you can tell us how a country goes about uh, or how your commission goes about approving a new breed. Because uh, I think we and all within the FCI had to be serious in what we do. We, you know, when you have to accept a new breed, you can't go following the fashion, as you said, or the needs or accidents that some people can have making some new breed because they want to take their name. Or, it's not about that. Yeah. There are a lot of new breeds that we are accepting, uh, mostly uh, the last times from people or from people, no, sorry, from countries who were not still accepted by FCI. Okay. And usually they are very old breeds. Right. And you have very, if you go to FCI website, you go to commissions and by scientific commission, you have Annex 5, that is uh, where it says all the needs you have to present as national organization to present a new breed. Uh, there you have, you need eight families with different males and females to present all this, the pedigrees. It has to be a breed that has been at least recognized by 15 years in the country of origin. Not recognized only, but uh, taking the register of the dogs. Uh, so basically to, they've been registered for 15 years, at least. Yes, okay. at in least. The country of origin, okay. You need a DNA exam for all these dogs to prove that this a new breed. Many times it's maybe a not new breed, but it's a, a variety for a breed. Okay. And that is good because it will have a bigger uh, gene pool. So it will be yeah. important for the breed. And uh, you, we need pictures, videos to start seeing if they are, if we are talking right of the standard they are sending and, or maybe you say, this has nothing to do what they want. And then uh, to follow the process, you need uh, to be revised at the place with at least 60, 70 dogs to see what they want. It's an inspection, an inspection of at least 60, 70 dollars. An, an inspection inside of a member of the standard and a member of the scientific commission. And as I told you, you need to see that it's a serious work. That is not something that somebody wants. So uh, we have had a lot, as I told you, because there are many still old breeds that are not recognized in India, in Turkey, in China. These are very old countries with a lot of uh, synologic tradition, but they were not members. So there is a, a job that is uh, to be done. Okay. So they're not 
new breeds per se, meaning they were not developed yesterday or last year. They, they are breeds that have existed for a fair amount of time, but maybe because these countries were not FCI members or they, they, uh, the countries were not, uh, these breeds were not uh, record, you know, registered in, in, with the FCI by these countries. So they've actually existed for a, a large amount of time before years <laughs> and and on the whole have these breeds had written breed standards before this when they present or, or do you write from scratch are breed standards written from scratch by your commission you know based on photographs videos um inspections you had some that was written but usually you have to do a, a standard complete to follow the the needs of the standards of the FCI. And then you have some new breeds that were created that maybe at first is difficult to accept. It happened with the continental bulldog, for example. This was a breed that was presented and they have more or less the papers and all, but we thought they were not ready. So they went back, do their job, make it better, uh, listen to what you have to say then. Uh, when, when they see you and, and you're doing an honest and serious job, they understand. They know that you're not being mean or whatever. And they have done an excellent job and now it's going to be accepted as a new breed. And when you say make changes, you're talking of changes to the breed standard, obviously not to the breed, because the breed's already pretty much set in, in certain ways. Yes, yes, the breed was very... It's a matter of a lot of things to think about. You, you have to think about what is existing already, that is maybe developed also already in many countries, and numbers are important because this give uh, a background to the breed that it would help so there is a lot of things to think about it and and to propose to the general committee and in this case otherwise then after all our work is done after all the scientific commission work is done goes to general committee and then goes to General Assembly also. So it takes a long process. Okay. And, and, and to be accepted at first at provisional basis. For how long? Then it has to prove in 10 years that is stable and had improved and had and grow to go to final recognition. Okay. So when they first get the approval, um, it is not a full approval that means it's still an approval that is on a provisional basis for 10 years and that's yeah. after they've, they've complied with providing a breed standard that you're happy with an inspection of, of 60 to 70 dogs see that there's homogenous or you know that, that they're uniform that they're that the breed looks the same the same and they're you know all those aspects then they have to do 10 years of, of after all is done they are accepted in provisional way so they enter as provisional breed in the nomenclature of FCI. Okay. 
right. and then they, they can compete, they can get a CAC national level, they can't get CACIP. Okay. Uh, after 10 years, you can go for CACIP if it's uh, fully recognized. Okay, so we're talking about a process that is nearly 25 years in the making with just complying to FCI requirements before the full recognition. I mean, of course, we're not even talking of the development of the breed in the native country. We're talking of just complying with what FCI requires is at least 15 years worth of registering with a national club before they yes. can be recognized. And then 10 years of provisional on FCI. No, then then all the process of recognizing uh -huh. it provisionally, and then the 10 years to fully recognize. It could it's be a long 30 years, 25 to 30 years before it's yes. recognized. It's okay. generations of people working for that breed to be recognized. Wow. You, it's, it's not okay. easy. It has to be dedicated people. It can't be something that someone just decided they're going to do. And, and say, okay, and then FCI says, oh, yeah, let's get another new breed. And we just- It has to be something serious. <laughs> okay. So that, okay, there's a lot of work, obviously, in record, you know, that the countries have to put in to, and the breeders of that particular breed have to comply with um, before they can get recognition. It, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work for the country who's doing this. Uh, it's uh, not easy because there are many things that you have you have to fulfill a full uh, questionnaire about health temperament a lot of things studies uh, x-ray heart uh, many 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 things to to get to this point to start the, the process so there, there could be a case where a breed is not approved because they don't comply with the health part or they um, fail to meet the, the requirements on moderation that is required or, or these requirements. Has there been cases? I mean, without naming the breeds, or is it a justification? And there's no problem naming, for example, with the, the um, Russian toy, uh, when it was presented, was not accepted, even though there were great name numbers and but it was not accepted by our commission okay. uh, because for what we got, they didn't have a, a defined type. It was coming from different breeds and you could see some were like Papillon, some were like uh, uh, Pinchers and some were like other breeds. So it was not recognized at first and they had continued with the work. And finally, it was uh, recognized as a breed. It takes a long process and it's, we try but to if, be- If there isn't that uniformity, there is a potential case that you tell the breeder of the country that's attempting to recognize to go back and they have to work at making the, the dogs look more uniform. They have to um, you know, be uh, type-wise very similar, that they cannot yes. be a variation in type. It is not good, you know, because you judge all over the world and you are that in many in many breeds, there are different types. So this is something existing. 
it is something you have to know it is like this it is something that is within these breeds so you can't go punishing every dog when you find if you come to south america and you have a little more american or you go to fci and you see siberians that are not like america wants them so you have to have some uh, know how to manage and know how to deal with it but it's not good i think when you are accepting one breed that it's already with different types so you try to to do that's, it better that's and, when you're establishing a new breed what you're doing is actually making sure there's more uniformity that they that type at least this, this type and all these other things that we are asking for but it's at least uniform okay so that's that's why i guess i bring up this point because it annoys me how easily all these new breeds uh designer breeds come up and they're just basically crossbreds um when people don't realize that when when the fci talks about uh, recognition of a breed or you know i'm sure other kennel clubs serious kennel clubs like the akc and the kennel club and everything it's a very long process of recognizing a breed that have to comply to so many criteria before they get accepted that it's not straightforward as just mating breed a and breed b and and then saying okay we've got a new breed and it's recognized um, no no it's not uh, of course it exists and sorry and and uh, we know that there are a lot in many countries but i think it's more uh, something more inter economic interest of some breeders that want to have the the different thing and the exclusive and exotic and they sell better but it's not a matter of serious breeders yeah, I mean, we're looking at healthy dogs that are going to, you know, be as, as, you know, healthy as possible with, you know, without genetic problems uh, that will live good long lives and, and, you know, be excellent. Well, Jorge, thank you so much. This has been um, very interesting and, and I'm sure a lot of people have wondered about what your commission is. And uh, I really thank you for, for um, shedding some light on it. Is there anything that I've maybe not covered that you'd like to tell us about your commission? Um, or have I covered more or less everything? No, no, you cover, I think, uh, the questions that people want to know. And anyway, I, I am here for what you want to ask in any other occasion, or if there is anything to clarify, you tell me, and I will be glad to. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jorge. I really appreciated your time today, and I hope you've enjoyed being with us as well. Thank you so much to you, Gopi. I think it's very important to do these kind of things. Excellent. I hope it, it gets other people asking the right questions now that they understand who they should be addressing these issues to. So when when you know breeders have issues with breed standards or the, the wordings in breed standards, maybe things are lost in translation sometimes, as you've said because when it gets translated into one of the languages uh, a meaning is changed perhaps unknowingly uh, not you know intentionally yes. and and they know who to approach they know that the maybe one word is misunderstood uh, yeah. for 
as an example only, for a long time we had uh, in English cocker that in ice said fool. That is the right uh, word. And it was translated to Spanish as too big. And it's not big. It's mm -hmm. full, not, it's not a big eye. So maybe one word changed all. And so that's why it's important. And as I told you, it's important when the people come and say, this is wrong and we check and we try to do it better. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I, I hope I keep you busy and I'll give you more work. All the people are gonna know who they have to direct all their inquiries to. <laughs> of course, with pleasure. <laughs> all right, Jorge, thank you. And I wish you and the commission all the best. And thank you for what you, you do for our pedigree dogs. Thank you very much. And very nice to see you at least in soon. Bye soon. Okay, take care. Bye now. Take, take care yourself. Soon.